Podcast, where parents can find encouragement on their journeys through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 32. You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Hey, these are the movies that molded me. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Elizabeth. And this is Chris. What's going on? It's Omar here from Movies That Molded Me. What is Movies That Molded Me? It's the most fun podcast around. (laughs) It's a movie ranking (laughs) game show where we take our favorite movies from a specific topic or genre and play against each other to create the definitive top five list. Where can we find Movies That Molded Me? You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then if you want to follow us on our socials, you can find us at Movies That Molded Me on Instagram, Facebook at Movies That Molded Me, and Molded Me on Twitter. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you need to listen to our show. Today I'm going to start a series of living room chats with Elizabeth. I was given the opportunity to share at the Fade to Gray Network's Big Tent Revival back back in May. My live recording did not go as I had planned. Uh, If you listened to last week's episode, episode 31, you'll know that uh, things just got derailed quite a bit. And then we had some technical difficulties and none of my material was recorded except for our Facebook Live. So everything that I had prepared just kind of went down the drain. So this month I decided that I am going to share that talk with you guys in living room chats. So this first episode... We're going to talk about how to begin. You want to homeschool? Now what? Where do you start? The first thing I always tell people when they want to get started on homeschooling is to check the laws of your state. Know what the homeschooling laws are for your state. One great resource that I like to point people to is the website hslda.org. Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA, is a group of lawyers who specialize in homeschool laws. On their site, you can search by state to find out what the laws are for your state, and it will give you a baseline of what is expected of you as a homeschool family. If you have any issues interpreting the laws of your state, you have the ability to write to them and join their membership where they will give you more information and will give you help navigating the legalities of homeschooling in your state. I do want to encourage you, no matter what state you're in, don't get overwhelmed by the homeschool laws. I live in Pennsylvania. It is known for being one of the most strict states with homeschool laws. But in my opinion, after having followed them for the last few years, it really isn't all that hard and they really aren't asking all that much. It may seem like it because they use some big fancy words, but it's not really that bad. In Pennsylvania, we have to submit a notarized affidavit to our school district every year. We also have to submit our educational objectives for each student that we're homeschooling that particular year, who is the age of six and up. 
at the end of the year. We have to have a portfolio of our work reviewed by a certified teacher who then writes an evaluation that is submitted to the school district to say that learning has happened with your child. Again, like I said, it's a bunch of big words, but it really isn't as hard as it sounds. And if you do get overwhelmed and concerned, feel free to reach out. There are homeschool parents in your area who know the laws backwards and front and can help you work through your homeschool laws. If you live in Pennsylvania, feel free to reach out to me. I'm working on getting I'm working on getting an affidavit and an example of objectives posted on my website for Pennsylvania homeschoolers to be able to access and use as reference. After you are secure in the laws of your state, the next thing to look at is the ways that you can approach teaching, teaching styles and the approach of homeschooling. I have done a lot of episodes in the past about these particular styles of homeschooling. I would encourage you to go back as I reference them to listen to other homeschool parents and homeschool influencers and hear how they use these styles. The first style that I'm going to talk about is the classical style. The classical homeschool style follows, for the most part, follows the classical conversations curriculum. It involves a lot of cyclical learning, building on a three-year cycle. It delves deeply into, um, into the idea that hard work is part of life and, and to teach a child how to work hard even in their education is valuable. There's a lot of memorization that goes into this style and there is also a co-op that generally meets on a weekly basis to go over certain aspects of the curriculum in a group setting. If you want to hear an insider's perspective on the classical conversations method, go check out episode 17, where I interviewed Molly, a fellow podcaster, from the show The Modern Homeschooler. She explains the classical conversation method very well. If you're interested in learning more about the classical conversations approach, check out Molly's YouTube channel, The Modern Homeschooler. She has several episodes on YouTube about homeschooling using the classical conversations approach. Another style of homeschooling is the Charlotte Mason style. Charlotte Mason was an educator in the 1800s who revolutionized the way children were educated in England. Her ideals of teaching from story and using outdoor study and living books, which would be biographies and autobiographies rather than textbooks, showed that that style of teaching is absorbed much better by children than simply reading a reading from a textbook. I interviewed Sonia Schaefer from the company Simply Charlotte Mason in episode 16, and she explains the method and Charlotte Mason's life very well. Check out Sonia Schaefer's podcast, Simply Charlotte Mason podcast, and her website, Simply Charlotte Mason, where she has amazing curriculum available using the Charlotte Mason method. I also highly recommend the Beautiful Feet curriculum, which is one that I use and champion as being a really awesome Charlotte Mason approach to history. You'll also want to check out the book For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer-McCauley, a great look into the Charlotte Mason approach written in modern, simple English. Another style of homeschooling you might want to be checking out is the Waldorf style. This tends to be a more secular take 
on education. It uses the idea of teaching blocks. So you take a block of time and study one thing in depth within that block. You also rotate these blocks. For example, you would do history for one month, science for one month, geography for one month, and come back to history again the following month. This is a gentle approach to learning with a lot of nature study and the use of the arts. You'll want to check out my interview with Jean Miller from Waldorf Inspired Learning in episode 18. Jean Miller's website, waldorfinspiredlearning.com, and see what it's all about. You can also find waldorfish.com, another fellow Waldorf homeschool family. They have a bunch of resources there. You can also read the book, Understanding Waldorf Education, Teaching from the Inside Out by Jack Petrash. Another style of homeschooling that's becoming increasingly popular these days is the unschooling method. This is a very gentle, child-led style of study. It's what these subsidy schools are built off of. I did a full series in February of this year, starting with episode 20 with Beth Dreyer, where I interviewed homeschool parents who use the unschool method and got a feel for how they do this style of learning with their children. For more information on unschooling, you'll want to check out storiesofanunschoolingfamily.com and livingjoyfully.ca, two websites dedicated to encouraging the unschooling family by unschooling moms for unschooling moms. You'll also find great reading in The Big Book of Unschooling by Sandra Dodd and Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto, a collection of essays and speeches written from a public school teacher's perspective. Another style of homeschooling is the eclectic style. This is a collective modgepodge of styles and approaches all fit together for your particular homeschool. This is the way I homeschool. And if you want any recommendations for that, come talk to me. I did speak with Misty Bailey of Joyfully Homeschooling Podcast in episode 19 to discuss how she uses the eclectic method in her homeschool. And you can hear in that episode the differences between how she homeschools her children and I homeschool my children and how the eclectic style is really different for, from every point of view. Some great resources for the eclectic homeschooler are the Joyfully Homeschooling podcast, Misty Bailey's show. You can also find her website, findingjoyinthejourney.net, which has a bunch of blogs available for you to read. You can also go to my website for In Tow Podcast for additional information about the eclectic homeschooling method. And some great reads that I encourage every eclectic homeschooler to get their hands on are Teaching from Rest and The Read Aloud Family, both by Sarah McKenzie. Mommy, will you read to me? Welcome to a new segment where my kids and I review books that we have been reading during our read-aloud times. All right, Charlotte, talk into your microphone. Okay. Cool. I think we are rolling. I'm going to ask you some questions and you answer, okay? Okay. Okay. So, hi. What's your name? Charlotte. How old are you, Charlotte? Eight. Cool. We just got done reading aloud a series of books, right? What's it called? Impossible Quests. Can you tell me about what is this uh, series about? It's all all about four teenagers who are going on a quest to find to find a dragon's tooth, a unicorn's horn, a serpent's scale, and a griffin feather. And once they do, they go back to their 
hometown, their home city or castle called Wolfhaven, and then they um, save it with by waking up the the sleeping heroes. Cool. And what are they saving their city from? They're saving it from bad guys and who have frozen creatures called bogmen, and. So their castle was attacked, right? Right. And who was it? It was attacked by whom? It was attacked by a lord and lady from a different castle. I can't remember their names. Yeah. And so then they had, and they had risen some zombie bogmen. I consider them more like mummies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their description sounded like mummies, huh? Yeah. So how many books are in this series? Five. Five. That's cool. So what was your favorite part of all the books? Definitely when they find all of their creatures, I think is really, really cool. Yeah, and that was throughout the first four books. They each found a creature. Yeah. One creature in each book, huh? Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which is your favorite creature? Was it the unicorn, the dragon, the sea serpent, or the griffin? I think it's definitely the dragon Beltane. He, she is... Um, a baby dragon, and she and her basic owner is, is a squire named Sebastian. Yeah, she was. She sounded really cute. If she were real, I would have wanted a little baby dragon too. <laughs> Me too. But they get big, don't they? They described how big. Yeah, big enough to hold three kids and like a two, three girls and a boy on its back. Yeah, that's pretty big. And there's still plenty of room for like. A griffin and a unicorn and stuff. Yeah, that's true. So this is all set in the castle times, right? In medieval times. Yeah. So there aren't any cars in this one. No, no, no there aren't. So they go on a. Uh, so they they're not flying in airplanes for their quest. No, no. they're flying dragons and griffins, and oh. they also are riding like unicorns. Okay, clearly, yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so would you recommend this book series to some of your friends? Well, yes. If you're not afraid of mummy creatures and, like, rising from the dead bones. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And, like, humans turn, turning from stone into flesh humans. That yeah. would be. Yeah, that because that happens too, doesn't it? Yeah. So on a scale from 1 being a really bad series to 10 being a really great series, how would you rate the Impossible Quest series? A 9. Because, right. like, it could be kind of scary for some kids, and it could be the best book of your life, which is definitely for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you loved them. Yes. Awesome. But sometimes it could be a little scary. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts on The Impossible Quest, Charlotte. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me on this edition of Four in Tow Podcast. For a comprehensive list of all of the curricula, websites, and podcasts that I mentioned in this episode, please go to forintopodcast.com and look for the blog post marked episode 32. So until next time, have a great week. And remember, Mama, you've got this.